Hey, everybody. Welcome to Divi Chat. This is episode number 152. And today we are going to be so meta because we're going to be talking publicly about public speaking. Nice. It's going to be awesome. So why don't we just get it started right out of the gate? You know how we always start. Let's meet our esteemed panel. Uh, who wants to go first? Eeny, meeny. You can go, Tim. You never get to go first. That's true. Yeah. Tim doesn't ever get to go first. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all thrown off now. <laughs> um, happy to be here uh, broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And uh, you can find me online at divilife.com, which is where all my Divi plugins, uh, child themes, and tutorials are. Uh, WPGears.com, which is where myself and David Blackman have our Divi Business Expert course. And then TimStreifler.com is my client services. But yeah, great topic. Uh, Bum David's not here because uh, he's a great public speaker. But um, yeah, we'll definitely it. have a, a good show without him. <laughs> We'll talk about him. Yeah, yeah, we will. That's right. And Miss Sarah. Hey, I'm Sarah Oates from Australia, uh, from Endure Web Studios, endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. And I'm looking forward to chatting today. I'm just looking on the YouTube channel and it's it's not popping up for me, just as a side note, because I was going to try and get the chat, like, look at the chat. It anyway. is. I'm seeing it there. I'm seeing some... We've got one or two in the in the oh, chat, good. so it'll pop up for me eventually. Okay, anyway, it takes a while. Hi. It takes a while to get all the way down there. Excellent, that's okay. Under, yeah. <laughs> and at and the moment, it's nine a.m. in Australia, and in two weeks' time, we're going to be going to eight a.m. And I think another two weeks after that, we then go to seven a.m. So just as a you switch twice. Time. Well, I think it's because you guys switch and we switch, but we don't switch right at the same time, oh. and so it's this thing of like. Um, we're off by about two weeks at both ends. And so it oh, okay. like that like blew my mind. Oh, that's so complicated. I but mean, you yes. think it would go, if you guys changed, it would go, I, I don't know, Australia All right. down under everything is opposite. <laughs> no, it's, it's upside down. The toilets spin the other way, flush the other way. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, everybody's gonna have to help me get the times right on the social that's posts. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, did you finish all your intros? I think so. Where do we find you? Where do we find you? Remind us. Endure.com.au and Endure Web on the socials. All right, good. I'm Stephanie Hudson, and I am the co-owner of Focus WP, where we handle all of the obnoxiousness of website and WordPress updates and backups and restores and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff you hate, we love it. So anyway, you can find me on focuswp.co, and you can find me most of the time in my Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. We'd love to have you where we talk about all things about running an agency or the different elements of running an agency, like copywriters and things like that are in there too. So. And where are you broadcasting from? <clears throat> I am broadcasting <laughs> live and in color from Charlotte, North Carolina. I almost forgot. I'm like, where am I? Yeah, from my office, yeah. Charlotte, where it's been just raining nonstop. Should I, I uh, snow, but do the definition? Let's do it. So we're talking about, today we're talking about public speaking. First, Tim, I have a word for you to define. Yeah. What's glossophobia? Glossophobia. I'm glad you asked, <laughs> Stephanie. Glossophobia is the fear of public speaking. And uh, that's a real fear, um, obviously. I mean, I think everyone has it a little bit, unless you're, you're David Blackman, who just like 
just comes out of a shell around people. Um, a unique human being. Yeah, exactly. I think everyone has it to an extent, but I think anyone can get past it. Um, and uh, I think it, this is actually an old uh, Jerry Seinfeld bit where he was oh, talking about how so the number one fear of people is public speaking. And number two is dying. And so that means if you're at the funeral, you'd rather be the guy in the coffin than the one giving the eulogy. So um, that is, you totally beat me to it. I was going to do that line. I love it so much. <laughs> nice. Great minds. Great minds. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is an excellent topic uh, because I mean, for one, we're all public speaking right now in this moment as panelists here. Um, but also as business owners, um, and as you become experts in your field, public speaking opportunities come up, whether that's at, uh, networking events, um, or at a word camp or another conference or, or whatever, it's a great way to, uh, give back and, and teach and, and, and share. And so I think it's a skill that everyone, uh, can learn and should learn. Um, but yeah. That wasn't really a definition, but I don't really know if no. Well, I mean, it's kind of tough to define public speaking. It's speaking in front of other people, right? Yeah. So I would love to hear uh, to see a show of hands or a comment in the chat, or um, it, leave a comment if you're listening to it on a podcast app. How many of you um, have done public speaking? How many of you are terrified of public speaking? <laughs> so leave leave like a scary emoji if you're terrified of it. And let us know if you've actually conquered that fear and done it. I'm a little like David. It's a little unfair. I've, I'm not super scared of it. I do get nervous like before I take the stage or something. But um, I'm a true extrovert. So I get kind of like pumped up from all that, that kind of energy. But, yeah. but of course I get nervous. And there are some things that you can do in order to prevent the nervousness. Um, now, overcoming real live phobias, like, Glossophobia. Okay. Yeah. It's a real phobia and we're not, we're not doctors. We just play one on the internet. So, you know, obviously if you have real phobias, you take care of you, but if you just have anxiety, like nervousness about being up there or afraid you're going to mess up or things like that, we have a bunch of tips today that we're going to talk to you about, um, to how to help you overcome that. And one of the first ones that I would like to just throw out there, cause it's going to involve all of the other tips that we have. And that is preparation. If you are fully prepared and you know your material in and out, it doesn't matter really who you're speaking in front of or what you're doing, you, that gives you a level of calm and of confidence right out of the gate. And so we can then take that into all these other tips that we have as far as coming up with your content and things like that. But if you're prepared, don't you think, Tim, I mean, don't you think that that's a huge part of it? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. Uh, being prepared, um, I, I would say kind of overall it's facing your fear. And so, um, but yeah, like being prepared and, and knowing what you're talking about and, and practicing and all of that will help you be, you know, less anxious or nervous or afraid while you're doing it. But I think just like anything, it's, they say like writing is a muscle, the more you write, the better you get at it. Um, and I think public speaking is the same thing. The more you do it, the more confident you get, the better you get at it. And so, um, I think it's kind of just like, it's, uh, we've talked a lot about like just hit publish, you know, in, in mm -hmm. regard to like blogging and stuff like that. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. if you kind of take that principle, like just get out there and do it. Um, you'll, you'll be better because of it and you'll, you know, your face, your fear and you'll get more comfortable. Right. So. And every time you realize you didn't die, you know, 
And nobody yeah. laughed you off the stage. And you'll probably happens. have like a rush after where you're like, uh -huh. oh my gosh, like an adrenaline rush. And you just feel pumped up and like excited. You're like, yes, I just conquered that presentation or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, what's your uh, public speaking background? Do you have experience? Uh, I'm a, I've actually got quite a bit of public speaking background, just not so much with WordPress. So before I worked in web design, I worked for a nonprofit organization and we did a lot of training. So we used to um, run a training course three times a year. And so that involved kind of speaking in front of like 100 people at a time, maybe 150 um, and training, like using training materials. And I would say preparation is definitely, I would feel much more comfortable when I had prepared properly, when I knew the content inside and out, then that was when I was always gonna feel more comfortable and more ready to go. The times when I wasn't prepared, I was definitely far more nervous. And once you get nervous, I think it can be like this yeah. steamroll effect where if you know you're prepared, you know what you're bringing is gonna be really relevant to the people, then that gives you the confidence. And then you get started, which, and then people look interested and engaged and that like rolls you up the hill kind of thing where all of a sudden right. you're like, yeah, everyone's into it. And I know what I'm talking about and this is great. And it kind of keeps going. And then you have those moments where you haven't prepared properly. You get up, you feel a bit nervous. People look at you like, oh, she's a bit They nervous. can smell the fear. And all of a sudden you see that in their face and it makes you more nervous, which then makes you forget what you're talking about. And then you think, I'm not prepared enough. And oh my gosh, I shouldn't be the person that's doing this. Someone else should be doing this. And all of a sudden it steamrolls you down the hill. The other way, yeah. So I think there's something about um, doing the work beforehand, which I've got to say I'm a shocker for. Like I am the classic last minute at everything person um, and I think because I get nervous beforehand and think oh am I the right person you know shouldn't someone who's better than me be doing this kind of thing that'll make me procrastinate from actually preparing so I think there's yeah. something about forcing yourself to prepare early it's like that thing of when you're writing a blog post everyone says like do the crappy first draft first you know like just put the yeah. crap out there it doesn't have to be anything like except that the first draft is going to be horrible and no one's going to like it and you're not going to like it and everyone's going to hate it and that's okay but it forces you to get the ball rolling and once you've got the ball rolling then you can start refining it and getting to a better place um so yeah, yeah. so that's been my experience i haven't actually done any to do with wordpress i've thought about it a little bit i think at some point i might have a go at the sydney WordCamp. Um, but to this point I haven't, and we don't have a local meetup, so I haven't done any to do with WordPress, but I was well, thinking before this, this all sort of applies though, regardless of what it's been, you know, yeah. these tips. I think, um, one thing that can kind of help you prepare. And one thing I do a lot of is meeting with clients. And mm -hmm. I think, I know it doesn't sound like it's public speaking, but I actually think it's part of the process of getting good at it because you meet with someone and you're speaking to them and maybe it's one person or maybe it's three people that you're meeting with, but essentially it almost is public speaking. You're not standing up on a stage, you're not in front of a, like, a, whatever those things are called, but you are speaking in public to this person, explaining what you do or how you could help them. And in some ways, I think that's almost like a mini version of public speaking. And so. the big in front of everyone is almost just like a blown up version of that in some ways. Yeah. So. One thing I want to say, uh, being prepared, I totally agree. However, in some cases, like depending on your personality, like if you over prepare, it's like, cause like for me, I'm a classic overthinker. And so if I over prepare and I think about it too much, well, then it like, 
puts a lot of pressure around it and that sort of thing. It's like, and then my expectations for myself are really high. And then I, I just overthink the whole thing. Um, there was uh, a few years ago, David was at the, uh, RV entrepreneurship summit and he like got selected to speak like a while before, but then very last minute, like a couple days in advance, he's like, Hey, this is near you. Why don't you come speak with me? We're going to speak about like websites and WordPress and stuff like that. And so literally on the way to the presentation, the RV entrepreneurship summit, um, I was building my slides, my, I had my wife driving so that I could in the car, build my slides, uh -huh. connecting to my mobile hotspot, like on the highway. I've and done it so many times. It's so, that's so stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing was though, is it was kind of just like, well, you know, we whatever go. happens, happens. It's last minute. And so like, yeah. I had zero expectations for myself. Um, I wasn't really thinking about it and like I went into it and I was probably like more comfortable and relaxed and confident than I was at that than I was at like several other talks I gave after that Interesting, because I, the other ones I was almost like, I don't know. I, and, and it's probably just a personality thing. I'm not telling people to like procrastinate and don't prepare. Like, <laughs> in general, like preparation is key, but I think there's definitely something to say about I think like, there's something in yeah, the way you spoke, which is really good. Like the fact that like I'm just thinking if people are feeling really nervous about it and they're nervous about the idea of public speaking, speaking in front of a crowd of people who don't know anything about websites and right. you know so much about websites because that's what you do, right? But if you presented that same material to a bunch of people who know about websites, you would be so much more nervous. Whereas yes. presenting to a group of people who don't know anything, like it's like when we meet with clients, right? Like they don't know anything and they think we are just incredible because we know so much. And even if you're new in the game, you still know like hundred times more than what most of your clients know. So if you want to get into it, maybe it's a good opportunity to try something like an RV club or like a something totally outside of websites because you can come in and feel like a guru yeah. And that can kind of give you that boost of like, and if you totally blow you like, it, like nobody yeah. will know because yeah. it's just that they're still going to feel like you know everything, and like that <laughs> might be a good way to kind of get the ball rolling. Oh to no, that's Maybe. a really good point, and I actually have the opposite story of that. Like you just like jogged my memory. Uh, WordCamp <laughs> Orange County 2018. David and yeah. I did a talk on how to build a WordPress product company. Um, and so not only were we around WordPress people and stuff like that, but Nick Roach and the Elegant Themes yeah. team were there and they came to our talk and were supporting us. Right. They were literally sitting front row. So it was like, Nick, they were, I was behind them by two yeah. rows. They were, it was legit. Like Nick was, Roach, Kenny Singh, Mitch, like uh -huh. right there. And they were there to be supportive of us, you know, yeah. the Divi community yeah. and stuff. But yeah, like I'm delivering, David and I are delivering this talk on like how to build a WordPress product company and the founder and team of the most successful WordPress product company of all time. is. <laughs> I was super nervous and like- And it, yeah. if I recall, like two minutes before you went on stage, you realized you were wearing the same shirt no. that you wore in your slides. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Corey Jenkins thought it would be fun to call me out like at the beginning when we're talking about like about me and it shows uh, my picture and bio david's picture and bio and i'm wearing the same shirt the as same that shirt. photo yeah. and corey raises his hand and points it out but oh, that actually corey. brings a really good point because that lightened the mood and that made me laugh yes. um, and so i think uh something i was going to say that's kind of a nice segue is when you have um some sort of a joke and i think it's why a lot of speakers will start with a joke and people yeah. think that it's 
like for the audience to lighten the mood and to like, you know, engage them and uh, kind of pull their focus in. Um, but I think in a lot of ways it's for the speaker too, because when you mm -hmm. tell a joke, it can be something dumb and cheesy. Um, when you yeah. hear people kind of laugh and like you can engage with them, it like Gives makes you, you feel face. really relaxed. And then yeah. now you're, you're not, you don't feel like you're talking at them. You feel like you're talking to them and engaging with them because There's you had that interaction, that connection. Exactly. So I have, um, I have 10 items that are basically, I mean, I've been involved in public speaking actually since I was a kid and basically the handbook that I've always been taught are these 10 things pretty much more or less. I consolidated a couple of them just cause it's only an hour show, but, uh, the first thing is having an effective introduction. You, it's much like, like when we're used to with our websites, you have three seconds, right? For when somebody lands on a site. So if you want to get up there and win over a crowd, you've got to do it immediately. So here's what everybody gets up on stage and does like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I do this and I've built these many websites and I do that. And like, you know what? Nobody cares. They don't care yet. You know, they might care later once you impress them, but that's basically the worst way to start a talk because you're just boring them from the outset because they have no motivation to care about that particular piece of information. So if you can start with something engaging, like um, story. a story, a joke, uh, an experience, uh, you know, something that will get somebody, an illustration, you know, something that's a comparison. And that's one of our later points too. But um, that is the way to really, you want to arouse their interest and you want to explain to them why they need to keep listening for this next two minutes, 10 minutes, hour, whatever it is, explain to them what they're going to get out of it early on so that you can hook them. Yeah. I'm glad you said story. And I think like story and joke, I like, you know, kind of along the same lines. Yeah. And I think uh, that's so important because our brains are wired to follow stories. We connect with stories. Uh, you know, I think it's part of just the way our brains work, but also like in society watching, you know, all the movies and TV shows and all of that. And so like telling a story, like immediately engages people and brings them in, like rather than just getting up there and starting to just shove information down people's throats, uh, you can kind of, yeah, get them uh, paying attention better. There's a line. Um, I've got a couple little points from this guy named Isaac Sirwanga, who I found quite by accident, but he was giving a talk on public speaking. And one of his lines he said, which I thought was really great about stories, he said, never tell a story without making a point, but never make a point without telling a story. Boom. <laughs> I thought that was really good. I liked it. And it's like so much the story brand stuff we all talk about and the things that we do. It really is true. That's how our brains work. Um, the next point, and I'm just going to sort of keep going through this list. You guys, if you want to derail me or talk about something else, go ahead. But um, the second thing is to be conversational when you're up there. And obviously it's a one-way conversation. So that might sound contradictory, but you want to sound natural and you want to sound sincere. You don't want to sound like you have memorized words that you are reciting verbatim and have no connection. You want to look around, you know, make eye contact for a second or two with different people on different parts of the audience, things like that. Obviously that's a little tricky with the podcast, but um, yeah. you my, my tip for that is, is don't write out your presentation. Cause if you write it out, you're going to be tempted to memorize it and, or, and read it yeah. or whatever. What do I do outline. is I, I do an outline. Exactly. And then mm -hmm. from the outline, you, you build the slides, but like, you don't want too much detail in the slides. Cause then you're just like up there reading the slides. Right. Um, but you can, yeah, use the outline and then you obviously know enough of the content. So that will jog your memory to then fill in the blanks. 
Yeah. If you do have slides, that's a perfect point. You know, it depends on what kind of public speaking you're talking about. Obviously on a podcast, particularly if it's audio only, you're not going to have slides, but um, even at small networking things or, or business presentation, you might not have a slide deck, but if you do, if they can read all of your content on the slides, then what is your point? <laughs> like, why are you there? So don't, don't pack it full. So they have to read that should just be little um, memory aids and things to like, just keep them on track with you. Uh, yeah. Another thing is uh, my next one. Number three is use of questions. And sometimes again, is it a question and answer situation? Maybe, maybe not. Um, on here, we can ask questions and we sort of get feedback in the in the chat and things like that or on messages uh, after. But if you ask rhetorical questions, people answer them in their head and it subconsciously connects them to what you're talking about. You can also ask leading questions like what kind of questions might be useful to ask in a talk? That's called a leading question. Again, very, very meta here today, everybody. <laughs> questions about questions and public speaking. I think having speaking. rhetorical questions is quite useful because sometimes you can have people in the audience that are pretty unhelpful. And if you're particularly nervous, that can really throw you off. Um, so kind of practicing that idea of asking a rhetorical question and making sure it sounds like a rhetorical question is really important. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing rhetorical questions does is it makes someone's brain shift to visualize their own life and their own mm -hmm. experience. And so instead of just hearing the data that they're getting thrown at, they can kind of then place it into their actual own life. So I think a good rhetorical question is really helpful. And even physically for you as a speaker, if you're up there and you're nervous, what happens in your body? Your heart is pounding, you're breathing heavy, and you're, you can tend to speak fast and all of these things. But if you hit a question, what do you need to do? You need to pause for a moment to give them a moment to think about it. So whenever you ask a question, then you can go, like you can take a small breath and then keep going. And that can do wonders for calming your nerves once you're already in the flow of things. Because if you don't take a second to take a breath, no matter, even if you don't feel super nervous anymore, those physical things are gonna still keep happening to you, right? Um, Number four on my list is illustrations and stories, which we've already obviously talked about, but basically don't overcomplicate them. Like if you tell a story that's about like, oh, back when I was this age and we were driving this kind of car and we went to this, you know, I think, uh, who was it? Uh, was it Ellen DeGeneres in her like Golden Globe speech where she like gave a big long story that had all these details that had nothing to do with anything. And she was making fun of it. Like that was the joke. If you tell a convoluted story or an overcomplicated illustration it's gonna have the opposite effect of what you want it to have it's just gonna everybody's gonna be like wait what did the bird have to do with anything in that story or whatever it is you know like <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Tim, you're such a good audience all right so and uh a quote i like along those lines too is use little things to explain difficult things so illustrations you know and if you um this applies to all of the different things we're going to talk about today. But if you, if you follow people who are good speakers, like if you go watch people who are known for that, go watch like Martin Luther King or certain politicians that whether or not you agree with their beliefs, like that are really good at captivating an audience and things like that. Try to not focus so much on like being sucked into their message, but watch what they're doing try and see like this is how they're breaking this down this was their introduction oh they just asked these questions that story 
led me to this, whatever, you know, you can watch all of those things and learn from people who are really masterful at it. Ted yeah. talks. Those are great to watch. Oof, yeah. So many good speakers. I'm so obsessed. TED talks. With, I'm so obsessed. I with TED totally talks. just forgot what my, uh, I was going to say something important. Um, <laughs> and now it's completely you got sucked lost. into the story. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. Sorry, it's so <laughs> engaging. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's gone. It's gone. Move, moving on. Moving on. Uh, number five on my list is visual aids, which we already kind of talked about mainly in these kind of scenarios, the kind of things that our crowd is going to be doing would your visual aids would be a PowerPoint presentation. But I've been to conferences where there is an absolute wall of text that from the back of the room where I was sitting, I couldn't even read it. So again, total pointless. If you're, if your users can't see it and can't get the point, you know, don't, don't flood them with all that. Yeah. A fun tip. Uh, of course, this depends on your subject matter and your audience and everything, but using memes or GIFs as mm -hmm. like visual aids is great. Like in our yeah. like culture, you know, when those are so popular and people love to send them and share them and, and read them and all that, it can kind of bring, you know, a bit of humor. Uh, people can relate to it. I mean, the whole point of a meme is that they're so relatable. And so you kind mm -hmm. of include that into presentation slides, it's a great way to uh, kind of engage the audience. One of the last talks I gave, it was a few months back, it was at a um, conference for craft brewers. So they're all non-technical and they're all like late twenties, very early thirties, maybe it's kind of the age range. And I had to put into my talk, like a bunch of references to the matrix. Like I had all this code scrolling <laughs> on the screen, like we were in the matrix. Cause I'm talking about websites. Right. And I, and then I have like Morpheus, like, what if I told you that this doesn't have, you know, whatever that whole meme, you know, like I had all this stuff and it wasn't until I was in, I was all proud of myself for my use of all these memes. And then I get and into I'm the like, crowd and I'm the looking matrix? around and I'm like, Oh my God, none of them have seen this movie. <laughs> like I was so, that made me more nervous than any of it. Like I was like, my jokes are going to bomb, but I got a couple laughs and I was like, Whew. oh, thank goodness for some Gen Xers in the crowd. But afterwards they're like, what was she talking about? <laughs> they're laughing at what? me, but that's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll that's take funny. it. Um, number six on our list here is modulation, which is not a word you hear often and this is more of a technical element of public speaking now we all are subject to the equipment that's put in front of us particularly if it's not like at a you know in our office with our microphone for a podcast but um so volume we have maybe not total control over but your volume pitch and pace those are the three elements that make that up so when you're talking about something that is serious you might want to slow down a little bit and get a little bit more quiet. And then you can come at them with the boom, right? The big, and you can talk faster and you raise your voice. So the volume is how loud or soft. The pitch is how high you get when you're excited. And then the pace is of course, how fast or slow you're speaking. And all of these, we do it all the time in normal conversation, but sometimes when we're up there and frozen. So that's another thing right. that you can practice ahead of time. Right, you can practice that ahead of time. And boy, does that make a difference in well we've all been to the talks where the person like is just monotone and it's so freaking boring and you're thinking the content's actually quite interesting but oh my yeah, if gosh you stay I can't. and then you start like <sighs> falling asleep the whole they're all time. they're the teacher from charlie brown 
exactly. Bueller. Yes, he's the classic. Yeah, like if you look at um, like your audio uh, signals, like it shouldn't be you know, a static line, like you should see ups and downs with your tone and your volume and your excitement and stuff. And I think the more passionate you are about the subject matter, like the, like naturally you'll get really excited and like talk really fast and then you'll kind of bring it down and stuff. And, um, and so, but yeah, when you're up there, you're not thinking about how passionate you are. You're just thinking like, get through this, whatever. So yeah. (laughs) But if you practice the steps you're going through, you can kind of be intentional about it and practice that ahead of time. I mean, a lot of people who are nervous will generally talk too fast because yeah. they are just nervous, but they won't be, you know. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's not because they're getting excited and they're talking fast, that kind of thing, but often they'll talk monotone really fast. And so it's that tricky thing of if this is, if you are really nervous, I wouldn't be worrying so much about this. Like you're going to want to slow your speed down because there is a good chance you're talking faster than you think you're talking. And so just Mm -hmm. letting yourself slow down is probably more important than worrying about all these three things when you're getting started, I would say. And I don't know if this uh, was already mentioned or is in a future thing, but like getting audience participation, someone mentioned it in the chat here and, you know, saying something like, raise your hand if you've ever blah, 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 blah. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like not only does it help it be more interesting because the audience is engaging with you, but I feel like it also relaxes you because again, you're in, yeah. you're kind of interacting. As long as you ask a good question. Right, like, yeah. If it you ask a question relevant. where like one person is like, or if it's really <laughs> embarrassing to admit to, those right. ones maybe, you know, be careful. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been in front of a crowd where I ask a lob something easy up there and you just get crickets. That can backfire on you because that can make you way more nervous. <sighs> Like, yeah. I feel like, honestly, speaking Sorry, of, but I don't feel like you guys answer my questions in the chat that much. <laughs> if, if you get crickets, then you have to be like prepared for that. And then you can turn yeah. it around to like, make it a self-deprecating joke about yes. yourself and be like, you know, laugh at yourself. Well, I guess mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, you know? So like, you have to like anticipate those things and figure out a way to, cause then people start laughing and like, it's not that they didn't want to raise their hand, but maybe they weren't paying attention. And then now, because you just made a dumb joke about yourself, now they're laughing and paying attention. Yeah. This, um, that guy, I, Isaac Serwanga, he was, he told a story in that, um, little clip that I had seen about walking into, a um, the thing that he was really nervous to give this talk and it, it he was expecting this to be like a serious business thing. And he realized that there was an open bar that had been open for several hours. So it was a very (laughs) different crowd than he was expecting. And he was panicking because he's like, these guys are like, let's get this party started. And he's got like a super serious talk to give. And so he went up there and did just that. He told a story that had happened on the plane on the way over that was funny that they would have understood the context of it and everything. And so he called that having situational awareness where you know being aware of what's happening around you because things aren't going to go according to plan every single time in fact almost never and this sort of all circles back again to that preparation thing like if you've memorized line for line what you're going to say you can't be flexible like that so if you have if you're fully prepared where you you know your content in and out (laughs) and you don't have to recite it then you can be able to sort of riff a little bit. And again, all this stuff comes with time too. Like, Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think having that situational awareness, if you're not comfortable up there and confident, like you aren't gonna be able to be aware of those types of things and and think 
on your feet quickly. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's going to take time to, to where you are comfortable. But again, coming back to uh, preparation and stuff, all those things you can do to help yourself be more prepared. Yeah. Well, this is probably derailing slightly, but a couple of people mentioned in the chat, and I think it's worth bringing up, is the thing of self-esteem and shyness, like that people can feel like I don't want to do public speaking because I feel really shy or I don't feel like what I have to say is good enough or I'm just mm -hmm. not you know, the person that should be doing this and that that stuff can really overtake you and actually stop you from presenting good content, but it can stop people engaging with you as well. And I think that is a really big one that no one else can do for you. Like no one else can help you get past that. You're going to need to do a little bit of inner work in terms of working through that. But one thing that I would say that is a bit of a tip is trying to think about the people who are sitting in the audience and what they know, what they're coming to it for, what they're hoping to hear and being able to give them the gift of the information. So I know this kind of sounds a little bit, I don't know what it sounds like, but like at say a WordCamp, you've got like a whole range of people. So say Tim's talk that he went to and he's got like the elegant themes, they're not there to like learn about it. They're there to support him kind of thing. So, you know, you kind of take, you need to kind of take those people and put them aside. There are going to be people at a WordCamp talk or at a meetup talk who know far more than you. Of course they are. But those people are likely to be there because they're supporting you. So you can kind of pick those people up and put them to the side. And then you can say, okay, so who else is here? So there's some small business owners that don't really know very much. They're a bit like the RV crowd kind of thing. You know, you can think about those people. They're coming because they want to learn things and they're new into it and they're wanting to come and get something. If you can try and put yourself in the place of, okay, well, I'm a little bit further along the journey than say a third of this group or half of this group. That's who I'm talking to. I'm not going to worry about these people who know far more than me. I'm not going to worry about the people who are going, there will be people there who are sitting there going, I don't gotcha. like what they've got to say. So put those people aside. Maybe half the crowd is there because they know less than you and they want to learn and they're interested in hearing. Just talk to those people and that can help you start to boost that confidence. And when you're preparing, try and think about those people. It's like when you go into a client meeting, you're talking to a small business person and you're just talking to them. You're not talking to people who know, of course, people know far more than you. And maybe they've had meetings with people who know far more than you. But in that moment, you're talking to them and it's just you and them. So that's my only advice. I know it's yeah. a tricky thing if you feel like you've got low self-esteem or if you feel really shy and really nervous. But that stuff is really hard and it is this internal thing that you need to manage on your own. But if you can try and let your head just think about those people, they want to hear what you've got to say. And they will appreciate hearing what you've got to say. So just try and imagine the whole crowd is full of those people. That, I, like, I like that a lot. That's a really good point. I feel like that's uh, very similar to like the concept of customer avatars and having a yeah. mm -hmm. customer, like you basically find a uh, craft, a avatar of your ideal customer. And you kind of, yeah. and you, you paint that picture so you can visualize who they are like, okay, they're, you know, this far into their business, they have these characteristics or this, this, and this. And so if you kind of do that when you're writing your, your presentation, putting it all together, building your outline, building your slides and stuff, and then kind of take that exactly what Sarah said, but like with a specific person and like, Hey, I'm, I'm giving this presentation to Sarah. She's been in the business this long. She does this, this, and this, and I have this knowledge that like, she's going to be stoked to find out. Like I'm not, yeah. it's not because I'm smarter than her. It's just because I have 
I've just done it before and now I get to pass it along to her. And then yeah. you, you, yeah. So I, I think what Which you just is said. Totally, that's how we started Divi Chat, right? So we started Divi Chat because we were further in the journey. We are no, nowhere near the most expert people in all things WordPress or in all things Divi or, Speak you know, yourself, we, Sarah. <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> I am nowhere near. And I think we started it because we thought, you know what, when we started, I really wish there had been something like this. I wish there were people who were willing to kind of say, I tried this and I failed, or I did this and it went really well, or I learned this new thing and it's been really mm -hmm. exciting. And for us, that was what it was. If we came on to Divi Chat as thinking, oh my gosh, but like, what if someone big and famous watches it? Or I don't really know a lot more than most people. We never would have done Divi Chat, but I don't know what it's like for the people who watch it. But for me, in my mind, I'm never nervous because I figure, yes, maybe someone like Kate Toon will come watch our thing on SEO and I'm going to cringe and die and, you know, a thousand deaths. But equally, there are people who are watching this who don't know as much as me and I can bring the stuff that I know and that's really useful to them. And that makes me not feel nervous when I come and talk about this stuff because I, I am a little bit further in the journey. I can't worry about all the people that know more than me because then I'll never do anything. And if, yeah. we, if we come into anything trying to be something we're not you know i mean authenticity yeah. is kind of such a uh buzzword that kind of bugs me people use it so much but it really is true if you if you come in being yourself and i mean every one of us on this show is willing to be like i know nothing about this topic <laughs> i'm gonna fill a seat today i'll ask questions you know and i think that goes a long way too so if you get up on a stage be you like that's who people showed up to hear so if you know don't try and be somebody that you're that you're not and then you don't have to yeah you don't about have the to pressure of filling those shoes absolute expert you don't yeah. have to pretend that you just have to say this is where i'm at these are the things i've learned i really hope this is useful for you and i reckon you're and if somebody well. asks you a question after and you don't know the answer to say like you know what i'm not sure but i'm gonna look that up like that can go a long way to building your yeah, reputation honesty. as well yeah even though you didn't yeah. know the answer yeah. And, and something that, that comes to mind, um, I, I mean, I think it's in general, in terms of like uh, imposter syndrome and people looking at you and stuff like in business, but I think it uh, can be applied for public speaking as well. But like, if you don't feel comfortable because you think someone's going to be out there judging you or like, you know, thinking that you're not good or, or whatever, the only people that do that are the people that are less successful than you. If the people that are more successful and are maybe more knowledgeable and are more experts or whatever, they're not looking down on you because they've been there. They're, they're the ones that are going to be supporting because they know how hard it is and, and all that. Anyone that's looking at you while you're speaking, thinking like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Ah, I'm such an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're the ones that, that aren't successful, that aren't doing anything. Like successful or people. Or just maybe they feel. Don't and even if, they, even if they are, like, are those, that's not your tribe to get on another <laughs> corny buzzword that I hate. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. I, I know that uh, like even in school, right, the people who are bullies are usually the people who feel really crap inside. So if mm. someone's being really negative to you, it's probably because you've triggered something in them that makes them feel not good enough. Maybe you spoke and they're thinking, but I'm further in the journey. Like I should be the one that's speaking and then they feel crap about themselves that they're not up there speaking or, you know, like you've triggered something in them just purely because you're having a crack at it. So even if they're further in the journey and they do know more than you, you're having a go and that's what really matters. And it's something inside them that's making them be like that. And 
all you can do is try and put that aside and go, well, that's their stuff. That's the problem. Remember why you're there. You're not there to- (laughs) For them. For that. Like, well, I mean, you are, but not for that person. You know, you're not there to- impress everybody if you go in uh simon sinek how do you say his name i always read it in my head but i don't know how to say it you know that guy who gives all those motivational talks and everything simon simon sinek anyway no s-i-n-e-k simon says he's amazing but he says um show up to give if you show up to give in a in a talk that's different than the ones who show up to take and he said you can usually identify them in two seconds the ones that are like give the whole spiel at the beginning about all their credentials and all that. The ones who have, he's like, they have their social media on every single slide and their and all this stuff. He's like, they want to make, get, get clients and do all that. Now that would be lovely if those things came of it. But if you show up with the true motivation to give, to educate people or to inspire them or to motivate them, then, then that comes through in what you're talking about. And that will resonate more with people. And uh, number seven that we're on, I did these in Roman numerals. It was a huge mistake <laughs> on my list. But uh, enthusiasm is tied into all of this because be authentic. If you're authentic, like we're talking about, and you care about the things, you know, we're geeks, you guys. Like, we love all this stuff, right? It might not be up everybody else's alley, but how fun is it to show somebody or teach somebody something that they think is, like, completely difficult to understand? So if you really go in there being excited about something that you care about, and caring about your listeners and wanting to help them, then that'll that'll all come through. And also on the topic of enthusiasm, like also chill though. Like don't don't be too over the top the whole time because then everybody's like worn out. You can't be, you know, um, Billy Mays. Remember Billy Mays, the infomercial guy? Oh, you probably didn't have him, Sarah. Do you remember Billy Mays? Maybe not. Uh, the name doesn't ring a bell, but I might. Recognize. He was like. The original like sham wow guy like he would do it all night oh, long he would have yeah. infomercials on and he was like yeah, yeah, non-stop yeah. in your face it's like crazy intense enthusiasm and it's like don't be that even though he was awesome and i loved him but yeah uh, no in general though like uh it is good to to try to like be an extra level of enthusiasm because mm-hmm. in your head you might feel like you're doing what you just described stephanie where you're like over the top blah, blah, blah. but like when you're up there or you're on a webinar or you're you know uh on a podcast or, or, or something like that, like you have to compensate because people are are used to like watching movies and stuff where everything is, you know, so elevated and stuff. And so right. like, you'll sound really, if you're just talking your normal voice, you'll sound really monotone. So you have to be like a little bit extra in order to keep people engaged. Stage voice. Yeah. Something's screeching, <clears throat> I don't know what that is. Uh, so, okay. Number eight. Oh, it might be the birds at my house. There's birds oh, outside. They're going to attack you. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, okay, number eight. Practical value made clear. Uh, why the heck are you on this stage? Like, how does what you have to say affect your listener? That's huge. Like, don't just ramble on about stuff. Like, give them some information that is relevant to them. Explain how it's relevant to them. And then what action do they need to take? You have to be. So it's just like a clear. website, right? Right. We like, know this in marketing and in messaging. Yeah. Yeah. You've like you want to have one main message, and you want them to have one main thing that they're supposed to do at the mm-hmm. end of that page. That's kind of the point of a homepage of a website. You like want to send them somewhere. You want them to take some action. So it's the same thing, right? Yep. 
Exactly. You know how to make a website. You know how to plan a speech. Perfect. Really, See, you, you know. guys got this. I mean, <laughs> I think it, it depends on like the the format and stuff. Because if you're like doing a workshop where it's more like hands-on practical yeah. and you're kind of walking people through, it's public speaking, but it's, you know, there's many different things you're teaching. But you want them to way. take something away, right? Like I think often this, the right. talks that I go to that impact me the most are the ones that make me think about my business or think about the way I'm approaching something. And they make me go away and continue to think about that thing and then take action. So it's right. not that they're taking action with you, but you want them to go home and make a financial plan for the future, or you want them to go home and write their avatar or, you know, whatever it is, totally. that's, you want them to go away and do an action, but like in a um, workshop, or at least be pondering something like a workshop format though. Like you actually are like yeah. taking action. You're doing like the moment. thing there. Yeah. yeah. I'm just clarifying. Cause like word camps have a lot of that where I would still yeah, right. consider that public speaking, but it's, it's yeah, not true. like a presentation, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and even like on a podcast like this, like we're giving all these tips and information every week. We, we talk about stuff. We don't say like, okay, so now go do this. <laughs> you know, it's not the same as like, here's the big green button, click this now. Yeah. But you want to make sure that your message gets conveyed in such a way that it's either the action is either just understanding something, you know, maybe you're just educating them. You know, we educate, we inspire we motivate, right? Those are the things. I don't mean just us, but I mean like if you're doing any kind of yeah. public speaking, or those are your- just thinking about something in a different way. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So um, now this all sort of leads well into topic number or point number nine, which is to have your main points really crystal clear. You want any talk, it doesn't matter how long it is. If it is a one minute thing, if it is a one hour thing, you should have a theme and that theme should be supported by main points. And if you write your talks the way Tim suggested by doing an outline, this really helps because sometimes we can get carried away. Uh, I am like the queen of the tangent myself. So I can go off on a million different directions if I just start, right? But if you plan it out like uh, about halfway through, we need to be at this point and then at that point, and these are the five main points that we're gonna cover in this one hour or whatever it is, you know, that's, that's a good way to sort of block it, block it out. And by doing so, you eliminate a lot of fluff and you make sure that what you're really trying to do is clearly and simply conveyed. Yeah? No? Yes. The end. Yeah. All right. No call. Wow. I just silenced you both on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I was reading an email and so I didn't hear that. Oh, last. okay. <laughs> I just feel like we've already said that a few times. Like yeah. we've okay. kind of, I don't have any more on that oh, one. Okay. What was it? You can watch the replay, Tim. All right. Effect, the, the last thing, number 10 appropriately, is having an effective conclusion. So this is uh, a line I always like is like on your introduction, you tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them. And then your conclusion, you tell them what you told them. That's basically the structure. Yes. And pro tip, don't start your conclusion with the words and in conclusion. In conclusion. <laughs> Or Which is sometimes hard not wrapping to do. up. <laughs> yeah. So again, you want to you want to direct them in the way that you're you're leading them. Whether that was for you know motivating them to take a specific action, or giving them something to think about, or whatever it is, whatever the action is, if it is to reach out and contact you or whatever. But don't make your conclusion too long. Connect it. You know, connect all the pieces that you just talked about. Give them something that gives them. If you ever watched a movie like a cliffhanger or something where it's like. Just left a bunch of unanswered. Like, who watched Lost? 
I am on a big like 90s TV kick and it's not going well. <laughs> Nobody's nope. seen Lost. Oh, that show was so frustrating. And like the like if you if you hit a uh, yeah, yeah, if you like hit uh the end of a season or a show or something like that, and even if it was like something ended, but like there was all these un- unanswered questions and all this stuff, it leaves people frustrated. Right. Back to the story thing, like with story brand and all those kind of things. If you don't have a story wrapped up, it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Lost had too many loose ends that didn't tie off that just didn't make Oh, sense. you did watch it. I, I watched it up until a certain season. I can't remember what season, but I heard and read about the ending and yeah, stuff. Man, it was and torture. So, yeah. And things torture. that you thought would finally get answered never got answered. Uh-huh. Never. Was... It's infuriating. Yeah. See, this is a perfect example of an illustration. There we go. Nice. <laughs> that only An illustration that nobody audience. can relate yeah. to. <laughs> a bad, a bad. <laughs> yeah, I can relate so pa- Pablo says um, you should end your speech with parting thoughts. Parting thoughts. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Like Perfect. It. Now, yeah. there were a few things in the chat, but I've been rambling way too much today. I've been doing more than my fair share. Um, somebody put in there, I think it was Nancy. She said she's nervous about getting up there and saying, um, a lot. Do you guys have any tips for that? I just think, know your stuff. Yeah. Cause, um, or, you know, like those types of phrases or like, or, or whatever, those are like, <laughs> <laughs> they're transition words. And basically it's essentially you don't know what you're about to say and so they're filler words and so they're you're trying to explain something and so space. yeah and so you say you know blah 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 but if you are like the more prepared you are the more you know what you're going to say the less you'll need to say those things and so i think practicing so where uh and or you can record yourself and count the number of times and, and you whatever but then also like once you're really aware of it then anytime you would feel compelled to say um or like or you know or, or whatever you can pause instead and that will actually make you more engaging because people are like wait what like what's going to happen here um but that will come with practice right like totally. sometimes yes. one of those tricky things where you can become super aware of it but that can almost make you <laughs> worse 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 because every time you do it you think oh I did it oh my gosh I just did it and then it makes you you. more nervous yeah so in some ways it's really just about getting to know your topic making sure you know what you're talking about slowing down and then being able to be more confident you're gonna do that stuff initially and that's just part of it like you can't change the fact that that's the way you talk maybe it is I think Pablo said like crutches I say like a lot. That is a part of my conversational way of talking. I'm going to have to fix the whole way I talk to people if I'm going to remove that word out of the way that I talk. So sometimes you have to work out what is important to get rid of and what stuff isn't. Um, Probably is one of those ones where it's you going, oh, I'm nervous about what I need to say next. So you say, um, you can probably fix that one because you probably don't do that one in your regular conversational, but don't beat yourself up too hard. Totally. Do you guys call those word talk. whiskers? Have you heard them called word whiskers? Never heard of that. I haven't. No? Okay. I yeah. don't know where that came from. I, I've that's heard the them thing. At, that's what they're called. It's more habitual. You know, it's not really that you're stopping to think. It's more of a habit. If you're stopping and you're like, um, because you're thinking, that's different right. than just talking and saying like, so um, what do, what do you guys want to do? Do you um, want to go to the, you know, like that's different. It's No, yeah. It's like a filler word. It's almost like you're 
it's like a kind of an instinct, like a habitual word that you, you say as your brain is, it's like, you know what you're going to say. You're not like thinking to like consciously think about it, but it's like, you're like drafting like the right phrase quickly in your head. And so your body mm -hmm. thinks that it needs to say something until you can formulate the sentence. And so it's like, um, blah, 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 blah. And then you talk. Yeah. It's just a habit. And I, I say like a lot too. And I'm not even aware of it most of the time when other people say it. And Tim, you just said like, like seven times. I just said yeah. it right now. Yeah. As soon as you become aware of it, you start to hear it more and you can start to work on it in your daily life. Like try That's a good, yeah, I like that. As That's soon good. as you hear it, man, you realize every time you say it. But when you, when you start to be aware of it, work on that habit day to day, not just for when you're on stage. Because yeah. those totally. things are You don't want to work ingrained. on it in your speech. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it sometimes- It more nervous. Sometimes like Tim said, record something and watch it back. I know that's like a fate worse than death for some people. Yeah. Or if you have a friend or family member or husband or wife, whatever, do a brief little something. Like give them, a, or when you're practicing your talk or whatever, and ask them, do I have any of these word whiskers? Because that's what they're called. And if they tell you, because a lot of times people don't even realize it. I know people that say, um, all the time, and they don't even know they're doing it in normal conversation. And so just becoming aware of it can help can help with that. Uh, did anybody else have anything in the chat? We did. We hit a milestone. Did you guys see that? 2000 Dibby chat subscribers. Woo -woo. So that's a great opportunity. If you are watching or listening, um, particularly on YouTube and you have not subscribed, um, subscribe to the channel. All the hit cool the kids bell. are doing it. Because what's really cool is when you hit that bell icon next to the subscribe after you subscribe, that will make it so YouTube will send you a little notification when we're live. So then you don't have to remember or figure out time zones. You just get notified. But you mm -hmm. should probably still plan You don't have to sit there it. waiting for us when we're six minutes late every week. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's hey, um, John Williams just had a really good tip, which may, I'm, I'm not sure that this is what he was saying, but actually it sparked something. He said, why not practice, just film yourself, get a word count and time it to, um, if you're getting to be capped off in the time, that kind of thing. But I was thinking what you could do is you could use dictation and you could record yourself with your phone, get it dictated, and then you could search for like the word arm or the word like or oh, whatever. That's a good idea. And that could kind of give you like a little tip rather than having to watch the whole thing back because that yeah. can be very mortifying and you don't want to watch yourself talk. Like I never watch Dibby Chat back because I don't want to watch myself talk. It is. But that would be horrible. a good way to have it in actual physical text. And so then you could be able to see what totally. you are saying regularly. Yeah. And, uh, if you're talking about Divi at all, maybe you're talking about Divi at a WordCamp. Um, if you're using dictation and doing what Sarah just mentioned, uh, most dictation will uh, think that you're saying Debbie, or at least mine does. Um, and so, like, if I if I say Divi Chat, it thinks I'm saying Debbie Chat, like the name. Oh, Debbie. Aww, good no, old that's, Debbie. That's amazing. I love it. But that is a. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, we this, week's, thoughts. this week's episode of Debbie Chat is wrapping up. Yeah. So, Sarah, you got some. Go for it. I do. My parting thought is all this stuff is really good. And I think it's good when you're preparing to do your speech. But I think you shouldn't take it too seriously. And I think that you should... Um, essentially just think about who you're talking to try and bring some value to that person and aside from that 
kind of not worry about it. But I think when you're preparing, it's a good list of things to look at, like see if you can start with a story, you know, those kind of things. I think that's really useful when you're preparing. But when you actually go to do it, don't have like 10 things in mind, like, oh my gosh, I've got to like speak louder or speak faster or speak slower or, you know, don't get yourself too stressed out by all of this stuff. It's useful and maybe when you're further down the track, that's when you can kind of come back and reassess how am I going with these things and good for preparation. But yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. You don't have to be like the most stellar public speaker ever. Uh, I think having a go is more important than getting caught up in all of these things. I like it. Tim, what do you got? Yeah, I was just going to say, if this is something that you want to do and you want to get better and you want to improve, um, start watching people, and Steph mentioned this uh, a little bit, watching people, watching people that are really good at public speaking and, and you start to get familiar with the way they phrase things and, or the way they, uh, you know, they pause and they, you know, the, the way they tell stories and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, you can kind of emulate people that are really, really good and learn from them. The thing I want to say is that, uh, like Tim said, um, you know, if this is something you want to be good at. So that's the thing too. Nobody's forcing you to do public speaking. If you, if it's a bucket list goal for you to get up and speak in front of a crowd, a Divi uh, meetup or something like that, do it. But if you really want to work on becoming a, a really good public speaker, like for multiple kind of things, that's a slightly different scenario. And I, and I think there are different personality types uh, you know, like David or me or Tim that we're not, or even Sarah, she's not really too nervous about it, but that's not, that's not, you know, if you want to really be a good public speaker, <clears throat> there's a lot of technique and things that go into it beyond just being an extrovert. And the same goes with people who are introverted. Just because you are shy does not mean you can't succeed at yeah. something like this. I, you I've can overcome it. People that are introverts, like on like a one-on-one in small groups and stuff, but they can go on stage and speak to, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people. And it's like, that's totally different. Like one-on-one, they get nervous, but when they're on stage, like they're not nervous at all. I'm an introvert, believe it or not, (laughs) Um, which essentially means you get energy from being alone compared to being with people. I'm actually quite, I don't get too nervous doing public speaking. (laughs) I like being around groups but I feel exhausted afterwards, like completely wrecked. Like a word camp wrecks me for a good week afterwards. I, and I'm I like, after it, party! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Energized. I enjoy it. I love the process of it, but I am wrecked after it. So yeah, I think yeah. it's I get that. I need, one thing I need to balance. say, shyness does not mean introvert. Um, right, I did so use those interchangeably and I shouldn't have. I know the difference. That's okay. I'm just, it's just more trying to explain the fact that you know, you can be an introvert and do public speaking. That's totally okay. But totally. you need to allow the fact that you're going to need some downtime afterwards because you're going to be exhausted mm, from it. That's a really even good Even though it's something that you like doing potentially. So just, yeah. Ooh. So we ran out of time to discuss the benefits of tequila when it comes to public speaking, but we'll have to use that on another. That'll be <laughs> next time we cover this. Uh, all right. So I think that's it. I think we crushed it. I'm sorry. I talked too much this time. Try and be quiet. You didn't. Next week. I thought we had a good balance. Oh, okay, great. All right, everybody. Thanks for showing up in the live chat. Thank you to Pablo, our our loyal moderator in the in the live chat. And uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or one of the other podcast apps, please give us a, a like. And we'd love to hear some comments about with suggestions for um, 
for future so, episode topics, please, mm -hmm. please submit some. Yeah, we, we want to make this have con this show have content that you guys want to hear. So give us some suggestions. You can leave them on our uh, Facebook page. You can leave them on the YouTube channel. You can leave them after any of the videos on any of the apps. We're paying attention. We're following you. So anyway, all right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye.